0: Hi. So this morning, we're looking at uh, a story that Jesus told. Uh, It's found in a parable. It's found in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 14 through 30. Uh, You can follow along if you've got it. It'll be on the screen. Uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Before we do that, let's pray together. god thank you um, for meeting us here in this place as as you always do uh, holy spirit for for your presence with us Uh, as we as we listen to this story and as we think about it and as we uh, listen to your your word in your voice we ask that you would open us And even though most of the time we're, we're not all that excited about change, we ask that you would change us, that you would move in our lives, and that you would do something concrete to make us look more like Jesus. Amen. Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. It might be a story that you've heard before goes like this again he's telling stories about the kingdom of heaven so he says again the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them to one he gave five talents of money to another two talents and to another one each according to his ability then he went on his journey You entrusted me with 5 talents see I have gained 5 more His master replied well done good and faithful servant You have been faithful with a few things I'll put you in charge of many things come and share in your master's happiness The man with the 2 talents also came master he said you entrusted me with 2 talents see I've gained 2 more His master replied way to go. Good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering what you where you have not scattered seed. So, I was afraid. And I went out and hid your talent in in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) Wow. That took a turn quick, didn't it? So, it's a good story. Uh, Again, once again, there are all sorts of layers and and things that I wish we could get into, but we just, I got like 20, 25 minutes, and and so we're going to scratch the surface again of another story like we do every week. Uh, But what, I want to start like this, what a crazy week, right? What a crazy ending to a crazy season, right? Here's the deal. No matter how you voted, no matter what you think about how this whole election turned out or how we think it turned out at this point, no matter uh, what you think about how the whole thing went down or, or what direction we may now be heading in, no matter where, where you think about all of those things, I think there's one thing that we can agree on, okay? I'm about to give you the one thing we can all agree on. Isn't it absolutely, amazingly wonderful that we don't have those political ads coming at us from all sorts of different directions over all the airwaves? Seriously. TV, Internet, texts. How many of you got a million texts from people you don't know who these people are? Phone calls, uh, whatever. It is such a good feeling that we don't have those things coming at us incessantly all the time. We don't have to hear about how the other side or the other candidate or, or the other party is going to completely ruin our lives and take everything away from us. Like we, it feels so good that we don't have to do it. What a relief that is. So that's the good news. Are you ready for the bad news? We are about to have a whole new ad campaign coming at us. In fact, it's already starting to trickle. But before long, it's going to become another huge wave of advertisements. Because what season is it now that Halloween's over? It's holiday season, baby. Like Black Friday is less than three weeks away if I did my math right. Is that correct? Like we're right there. You can't wait, can you? Right? We're about to learn about all the different things we can buy and purchase for crazy low prices. Like these advertisements are about to come at us fast. They're going to come at us furiously, and it's going to run through the, whole, the new year because apparently it starts three weeks before Black Friday and doesn't end like Black Friday deals. We get these all the time now. We get them from now all the way through the new year. Right? We're going to see these ads coming at us and we're going to see, this is one of my favorite ones. We're going to see that ad where, where the husband, he wakes up. It's sort of early in the morning. You can tell that it's Christmas because there's a Christmas tree in the background. We're looking from the outside of the house through the kitchen window. He's drinking his cup of coffee and it's steamy he looks all happy and proud right and then we see the wife come up behind him to give him a good morning merry christmas hug and she looks out the window and on the driveway she sees that brand new lexus with the bow on top and she's so happy and it's as if any of us can make that happen and here's the question i have why is it always the husband surprising the wife Why can't the wife do that for the husband? Just a small gripe I have with that commercial, right? We are about to see these things coming at us all the time, all the time. And I I feel a little bit weird about that this year. In fact, I feel really weird about that this year, because right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we have— Our economy isn't exactly humming along, like there's a recession happening. There are lots and lots and lots of people who are still looking for work, who are still drawing unemployment because they can't find a job. I just read read on Friday in the Des Moines Register that the number of people who are food insecure in the state of Iowa has doubled, more than doubled since February. There are now, right now, over 600,000 Iowans who are food insecure and who are going hungry. Right now. But sure, let's just spend, 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 spend. It'll make us all feel good and happy about our lives. Are you with me? So I feel weird that this is about to come at us so here's what I think. I think that right now, before all of these ads come at us in this huge wave, I think, it, I think now is a perfect time for us to, especially for us people of faith, to just start thinking about what we have, to start thinking about our resources, right? Where do they come from? What should we be doing with them? And a good place for us to begin is this story that Jesus tells. Right? If you dig underneath the soil of this story, it doesn't take us very long to figure out what it's about. It's actually pretty obvious. What do we have? What have we been given? And what in the world are we going to do with it? Right? So let's start at verse 1. We'll just start at the beginning of the story. Again, he says, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man who goes on a journey, who called his servants, and he entrusted his property to them. A man, a master with servants, He's like, I got stuff. Here it is. So our resources have been given to us according to the story by our master. And one day our master will come and ask us to give account for what we've been given. God will say, here's what I gave to you. Here is what you did with it. The question is, what is that all about? Right? What is God up to here? What is God, do? What is God trying to accomplish With the way that God has set things up, right? So again, I think there's several different things we could talk about. We're going to talk about three of them. Shocker, you can probably come up with a whole bunch more, but I I want to begin here. First, I think God is trying to communicate to us human beings, humanity, that God wants to work with us. That God wants us to work with Him. Now, this idea isn't, isn't new for most of us, right? But still, just think about that for a moment. Just let that settle into your mind and your heart. The Creator of the universe wants to work with you and me and all of humanity, wants us to work with God in accomplishing what God wants to accomplish in this world. Look, God is perfectly capable of accomplishing everything God wants to do all on God's own. But instead, He has chosen to set things up this way. He's chosen to commission us to work with Him. It's another way for God to remain in in relationship with us, to remain intimately connected with us. We are co-workers with God in the world. Here's the deal. This is one of the fundamental, foundational, bedrock beliefs of, of our faith tradition. Right? The Bible is absolutely soaking wet with this reality. It's all over the place. It is the story of that. Here's what I mean. Let's go back a moment. Let's keep this story in the back of your mind, and let's go back to the creation story. Okay, this is what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You can look it up if you want. Then God said, let us make the human or humans, human beings in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. God then blessed them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. I want more of you people. Fill the earth subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And then God gives to them plants and seeds for food. And the story goes on and on and on. God essentially says in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible, here you go. This is yours. Take care of this for me. Right at the beginning. What's going on there? What does that sound like? That sounds a lot like verse 14. Again, it was like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. What we have here in this parable is really just a retelling of the creation story. It's sort of the same story right there in front of us. And here's the deal. For us, even though we know that God is with us every single moment of every single day, we aren't always aware of the presence of the divine in our lives. We're not always paying close attention. It's almost as if God is like a master who goes on a journey, but God gives us his property to take care of, to use to multiply for his purposes. So even though we may not perceive God's presence in our lives all the time, one way for us to remain intimately connected with the divine is to use well the resources that God has entrusted to us. God gives to us to show us just how much he loves us. God gives to us to, to show us just how much God cares for us. God God longs to remain in relationship with us, and that's one of the ways that God does that. God wants to communicate to us that that God wants us to work with Him at getting done what God wants to get done in this world. It's a way for God to remain connected to us. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. I I think God gives to us to to sort of help us help us work out our trustworthiness muscles. Yeah. I think God gives it to us for the purpose of helping us to grow and mature. Like think about that. We we parents do this with our kids all the time. If you're if you've ever been a child or you were a child one day, which is all of us, your parents did this with you like we give our kids some responsibility right we give them responsibility and 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 we hope that they'll show us they can be trusted and when they do well with what they've been given what do we do with them we celebrate we're like way to go right and then they've earned a little bit more responsibility the bond between parent and child gets stronger Right? It's a way that parents grow their relationship with their children, and we seem to just do this naturally. It's just part of what we do. What does it say in the parable? The master comes home. He finds out that the person with five talents and the person with two talents did exactly what he wanted them to do. They showed themselves to be trustworthy. And what does he do? He celebrates. Come, share in your master's happiness, and they party together, right? And their relationship grows deeper. Right? Well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things come share in your master's happiness but what happens with the one guy who buries his talent in the ground what happens with the with with the one who whose relationship with him is based on on fear and anxiety what happens Proves himself to be untrustworthy. He says this. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside where there will be darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Okay. Keep that in your head. Let's go back to Genesis again. This time, chapter 3. You might know this part of the story too. Adam and Eve eat from the tree of life. They misuse part of the creation and show that they aren't trustworthy. So what happens? In verse 16 of chapter 3, to the woman God said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. And then verse 23, so the Lord banished Adam from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken so Adam and Eve get thrown outside the the servant gets the, it's the same story this is just a retelling of Genesis chapters 1 through 3. so the question becomes what are we doing with what we've been given are we showing ourselves to be trustworthy are we are we looking at that which we've been given and are we treating it as an opportunity for us to grow and mature. What happens to us when we, when we don't, when we misuse it, when we aren't thinking about these things? So, here's an extreme example. So, Black Friday uh, can be called black for more than, more than just the reasons that, that retailers go from the red, negative income, into the black. It, 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 it can become a scary thing. So, I don't recommend you doing this, but this is a thing that you can do. And you'll find some interesting things. Uh, if you go on YouTube and you search Black Friday fights, <laughs> make sure no little ears are there because it gets nuts. Okay? You can go on there and find some interesting videos. So I found this, I found this old video. I can't show it to you. Uh, but it was, uh, it was of this old news, newscast. of something that happened uh, a, a few years ago in, in Walmart. Right? So apparently Walmart was having this Black Friday sale, you know, you know, crazy deal. They were selling laptops for something like $300, but they only had 20 of them, so you had to get there early and you had to, in order for you to get one of these laptops, right? And so there's this long line of people waiting to get into Walmart, and that was like the deal of the day. And of course, you know what happens next. There's this one guy who cut in front of a whole bunch of other guys, and then there's a big fight that ensues. There's a brawl in the middle of Walmart. And listen to what this one guy being interviewed said. He said it was absolute pandemonium in there. They were throwing these laptops 20 feet into the air and people were collapsing on each other to grab them. Have you seen videos like this? Have you seen reports? That sounds dark to me. That sounds like there may have been some weeping happening. Sounds to me like... Like there was some gnashing of teeth going on. Friends, when we're not paying attention, when we, when we misuse or when we're not thinking about what God has given, we sort of dig ourselves into a hole. We invite weeping and gnashing of teeth into our lives. But what else do we expect when when we do our best to sort of buy things we can't pay for with money we we will never have. That's what we're encouraged to do. I think God gives it to us so that we can really think about these things and we can sort of begin to work out our trustworthiness muscles. How trustworthy have we been? How trustworthy will we be? Here's the last thing. I think, I think God gives us resources to help us, to help us cultivate a, a life of self-control, right? Because let's just be honest about it. It's really easy for us to, to use our resources for just ourselves, for our own benefit, for, for, for our own lives. It's easy for us to just not think about how God would want us to use what we've been given. We just try not to think about it. Right. A few years ago, there was a, a, the Gallup organization did this, uh, did this research, and this is what they found out. They found out that people who, te- who attend church every week, which, <laughs> which is a lot less than it used to be, the people who attend church every week spend on average $800 on Christmas gifts. And people who never go to church, who never worship, they spend on average $853 on Christmas gifts every week. In other words, God's claim on our lives makes a $53 difference. <laughs> what? Apparently, we, we, we Jesus people, we're not any different. We're just not different. Hey, we, we bury our talents under the under the ground of consumerism as anybody else. We're just the same. But maybe, maybe this Christmas can be different. Maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe this Black Friday can be different for us. M- maybe this year we can celebrate a different kind of Christmas. You see God still wants us to celebrate. Oh my goodness, God wants a party. Come celebrate in your master's happiness. God wants us to celebrate. I still think God wants us to give. I don't think it's a matter of, "Hey, let's just give less this year." I think it's more about giving differently. I think it's more about paying attention to to why we give and who we give to and what the purpose is and what's all going on here, thinking deeply about these things. So maybe there are some alternatives this year. Kids, you're going to hate me. That's fine. I don't, it's, it's all good. But maybe here's some alternatives. So maybe, maybe make Christmas lists and divide them into needs and wants and then just buy what's necessary. You know, just prioritize in that way. Or maybe another idea would be to budget 50% less than what you spent last year if you know what you spent last year. And then take the other 50% and just offer it to an organization in our own community that's doing some really incredible work in our community, making the lives of other people much better. Or put a spending limit of 20 bucks on your gift. Or maybe you can sit down with your family and decide that instead of buying gifts for one another, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to give 100% of all of what we were about to spend on one another, and we're just going to give that to an organization in our community that's doing some amazing work. What kind of an impact would that, or would any of these things, what kind of an impact would that have on you, on your family? What kinds of things will you be teaching? What, What kinds of things will you be learning? Look, I... I know you know what Christmas is in America. It's a secular commercial enterprise of consumption. That's what we have. Let's just name it for what it's become. I mean, I was in Sam's Club in September, and there was Christmas trees in September. Next year, it will be August. And in 2022, it'll probably be July. And who knows, maybe pretty soon we'll just have it year-round and it'll be fine. It's pretty nuts. I also know that most of us wrestle with this reality. We wrestle with the reality that, that the world, the, our culture, has sort of hijacked one of our, our highest and most holy days and just made it into something it just isn't. Right? I also believe that nobody in this room, nobody here, wants. we don't want to bury our talents under the ground so don't but just don't don't do it make this year different just think about it think about it now before those ads start influencing your thoughts and your feelings before they create that hole in yourself that you feel like you need to fill with all that other stuff think about it now maybe this Christmas can be different decide right here right now that you're going to be intentional about celebrating a different kind of Christmas. See what happens. Let's pray.